Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? What's up, nerds? Welcome to another episode of The Multiverse Report. We are recapping the week's and a little bit more than a week at this point. Uh, nerdy news from Cloud City to Sunnydale, California, and everywhere in between. My name is Mike Gibson. With me as always, Steve Haller. What's up, Steve? Well, Mike, I just flew in from Orlando, and boy, are my wings tired. Yeah. So, yeah, you were just <laughs> at a Star Wars land for the first time. Yeah, is that we're, correct? we're delayed on the podcast because I was actually at Galaxy's Edge for, uh, well, I was at Galaxy's Edge on Saturday. We were at uh, Walt Disney World from Friday to Monday. So yeah, yeah, back. pretty quick trip. Yeah, yeah, real fly by night, real lot of stuff shoved in there. But like we you were, it at, off. you were at Animal Kingdom yesterday morning and home yesterday night. Is yes, that correct. We yeah. were at Animal Kingdom yesterday morning, <laughs> and I was sitting in my house at eight thirty-five at night. Yeah, wild, <laughs> quick trip. That's so cool, though. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it you know logistics worked out amazingly. Uh, everything everything was good. Yeah. So couldn't, um, couldn't complain. And if I uh if I'm not mistaken, bake in, you built yourself a lightsaber, is that correct? I did. I yeah. absolutely did. I almost did not, as I mentioned to you. Uh couple, yeah, you're saying you almost ago. talked yourself out of it. Yeah. Which is yeah. crazy. Because that's um, like one of the best experiences that I had there. At, oh my uh, god, it was absolutely Galaxy amazing. Side. And in Incredible. hindsight, it yeah. was like it was the right thing to do. But like oh, going, yeah. going into it, um, so, yeah. See, the problem is I don't want to spoil like what led I know. me to yeah. the yeah. the uh, the decision to ultimately build it. But uh, let's just say it was the will of the force, and uh, I do have a uh, my lightsaber that I built shipped back to me. Um, so between that and awesome. uh, my son, uh, courtesy of a birthday gift uh, from a family member, got to build uh, a droid at Droid Depot. So Ooh, what style droid did he choose? He chose a BB unit. Okay. And when you have the multitude of options that you have for BB units, what do you think a six-year-old that's obsessed with Star Wars would build? Um, well, I know what my six-year-old that loves Star Wars builds. Yeah. Did he build an exact replica of BB-8? Yes, he did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Did yours? No, I okay. feel like that. I w- I would have done that. Yeah. If I was a kid, I would have been like, "Well, BB-8 doesn't look like that. He looks right. like this, so I have to make exactly what BB-8 looks like." Um, which is kind of like less fun. I feel like for me, <laughs> like I'm looking as, like as I should have experimented yeah. more. Yeah. So my but my son has no problem with that. He has a BB unit that um is like red with like light blue highlights. Oh, nice. And has like a flattened off. Like head, the BB nine like perfectly round. Looking... Um, he just calls him BB nine because my son is really inventive with names. So well, <laughs> it actually is a BB nine unit. The flat wow. heads are the BB nine. Oh my god, you're right. Like the black, the one, black in, one in um, uh, Last Jedi. Yeah. That is BB nine. I never thought of that. Wow. I'll so your son unintentionally to... named him appropriately. Correctly. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. Yep. Um. Oh yeah. Uh, uh my, heads up. My heads son up, was also uh, very uh inventive on the name and literally was just like, no, it's BB eight. It's BB eight. I'm like, <laughs> okay, whatever works, dude. It's your droid. Um I was actually recently thinking that the next time we go back to 
Disney World, which I don't know when that's going to be, but right. um, also a tough that, thing to express to a six year old when you're down there of like he's like, oh, next time back. we come, and I'm like, dude, there might not be a next time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I know. Yeah, this might be a one and done. Uh, I don't know. Expensive. Yeah. <laughs> um, that I was thinking that I want to build a droid next mm. time. And I was literally thinking, I was like, I feel like I would want an R2 unit, but then it's going to be impossible for me to make it not look exactly like R2-D2. I, like, I just want a little R2-D2 yeah. kind of more than anything else. So maybe yep. I'll just do that. I don't know. Dude, it, um, go completely rogue and build the R. Like they have R5 options. I know. And they have uh, C units yep. as well. You could build yep. your own chopper, which is that's gonna be very hard for me to choose. Um <laughs> Dude, Heads they have up. a little Halloween chopper because uh, Mickey's not so scary. Halloween is going on now. They oh, have a cool. little Halloween chopper action figure thing that I saw at least two or three times and had to like tell myself not to buy because we were buying too much other crap. And by that, I mean we didn't actually come back with a ton, but the droid and the lightsaber were more than enough to spend on anything. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, heads up on the BB unit. It's great. I love it. It's so cool how it moves exactly like BB-8. Um, it's a pain in the butt to get to the when it like when it shuts itself off. Mm. You have to like unscrew the whole thing to turn it off and turn it back on to get to the inside thing. Uh, it's a pain. Nice. I think if you do an R2, an R unit or a C unit, it's just the switch is just on the outside. But because it has to roll, the switch oh, can't yeah, be they, on the outside. It's they probably be make on the one inside. of the switches look like one of the knobs or whatever on the R units. Or yeah. yeah. So on the days when my son is obsessed with playing with BB9, but then forgets to like use him for five minutes, and then he just goes womp womp and turns himself off. He's like, Dad, can you turn it back on? And like so, like every five minutes, I'm like unscrewing the thing, turning it back, putting mm. it back together. Yep, it's a whole thing. So anyway, here we are. Uh, glad you had a good time. Glad that you're back. Glad that we can finally report on such news as the following, starting off with some strike watch news. Um, oh, I guess I should say also that this uh, podcast is always is sponsored by Funky Town Comics and Vinyl in Camillus, New York, and wanted to give you all a heads up that they are doing a special midnight release of a comic book. Mm-hmm. which I've only heard of once before in my entire life. But uh, October 3rd, um, from 9 p.m. to 12 a.m., this is a, they're celebrating the new release of a new Transformers book, Transformers number 1, by Daniel Warren Johnson and Mike Spicer. Daniel Warren Johnson is an excellent comic book creator, um, whether he's writing or drawing. I really love his work, the stuff that I've read by it. I'm not familiar with Mike Spicer, but... Uh, so yeah, if you're into Transformers and you're excited about the new run, you can go to a midnight release October third at Funky Town Comics. So check that out. Um, uh, he was do a power bomb. Okay. Oh really? Yeah. And oh, uh, cool. I I remember him from a Beta Ray Bill thing that he did. But yeah, I was yeah. trying to see when awesome. you, when you said he done he did a lot of DC stuff. Daniel Warren Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. He did uh, one of my favorite super Superman stories of all time in an issue of Superman Red, White, and Blue. And um, the one that I got for you and made oh, you yeah, read. Yeah. Yep. That, um, was, that was absolutely amazing, by the way. Yeah, and he did an issue in the, um, uh, uh, in one of the Vader anthology, Black, White, and Red Vader books that were coming out this year. He did a, one, a story in that that was really, really good as well. How, how did I not realize that... Um, 
R.L. Stein did a Man Thing book. Whoa, he did? I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, and apparently oh, Daniel Warren cool. Johnson did. Uh, must have done the illustrations in it. Oh, um, amazing! Because he was tied to it, and I was like, uh, "Okay, this is this is something I need to know about." <laughs> cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um. Anyway, moving right along into actual things we're going to talk about. We've tangented enough already. We're only eight minutes in or whatever. Um, uh, it was announced today, I believe, that uh, the Writers Guild of America, WGA, will resume negotiations with the AMPTP, all the Hollywood studios, uh, tomorrow, Wednesday. Negotiations will continue. So um, I'm not sure who called who back to the table, but regardless, they're both going back to the table, and it might be a while before we hear anything, but uh, hopefully it's in good faith. Hopefully they're both coming to the table to actually negotiate. The studios are actually going to, you know, bend a little bit maybe instead of just being jerks about everything so yeah. we'll see what happens with that other positive strike news all this all this uh, strike news tonight is positive yeah. as we talked about uh drew barrymore last week was going to continue her uh, production of her show despite um being scab like behavior um drew barrymore issued a statement saying that she uh, has changed her mind and she has listened to everybody and heard all of uh, all of everything, and decided to halt production of her show until uh, the strike is over. Um, and that include, and then that kind of started a snowball effect, and other people that had been or were planning on resuming their shows, Bill Maher, Jennifer Hudson, etc. A lot of them have decided to also wait until the strike is over, um, which is great. Yeah. That's really good. I'm very surprised that Bill Maher has decided to do that because he seems like. Um, kind of a stubborn a-hole that uh doesn't like changing his mind no never so yeah uh but anyway that's all good and um thank you drew barrymore for listening and um you know changing your mind for uh for the better i feel like it's it's rare that anybody does that (laughs) now similar to last week when i learned drew barrymore had a show today i learned jennifer hudson had a show um yeah i'm not I'm fuzzy on the Jennifer Hudson thing. I think uh, I just I was reading a lot of people saying Jennifer Hudson is a scab um, because she's on some show. I don't know if it's her own show or she's just a panelist on. A oh, yeah, it's the Jennifer show Hudson show since 2022. Oh, really? I did not know that. And so, I just uh, knew she was involved somehow. Yeah. The only so, thing I knew is she was an EGOT winner. Yes, I do know that. That was that's the extent of my Jennifer Hudson knowledge. She's a very talented, very talented woman mm. for sure. Um, other positive uh, strike adjacent news. Well, I feel like this will be <laughs> it won't be strike adjacent. I don't think too much longer. Um, we talked a couple weeks ago about um, Marvel uh, visual effects workers um, had uh, petitioned to unionize, and uh, they officially held that vote last week. And the results are in as of this week. And guess what? The vote was unanimous. To unionize. So Marvel VFX workers um, have formed a union. And I can only think it's going to be a matter of days, maybe, before we hear that they are on strike. Yeah. Um, Because uh, we've heard countless reports of terrible, uh, toxic work environments from uh, Marvel VFX workers. So we'll see if this can change anything. It will certainly continue to slow down the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So... More on that as it develops. Yep. 
Um, um, diving into right, some no, actual news. Oops, Steve's got something. something. What do you got? You may not have known that mm-hmm. uh, really uh, is it's it's nerd adjacent. Okay. Um, did you know that James Earl Jones has a non-competitive EGOT? So he no, received what does that mean? he received one of the awards as an honorary. Oh, it was an honorary as a lifetime okay. achievement or whatever. Um, can you tell me which of the four? he received the honorary for which of the four was honorary mm. mm-hmm. so it's emmy grammy oscar tony i know he's a stage actor so i want to say he won the tony outright 1969 he's clearly a film actor but has he ever won an Academy Award? I feel like he must have won a Grammy for some kind of like spoken word yep. album. So the Grammy Voice is a lot. Voice acting in or spoken word in 1977. Emmy, what television has he been in? I know that he uh, was the guy that said, "This is CNN." the only tv i can think of that he's done so it's either it's either honorary oscar or honorary emmy i'm gonna go with honorary oscar and he won an emmy for something that i don't know about or was he in roots so in 2011 he received the academy honorary award yes so you did get it right um nailed it yeah that's i i 100 percent would not have gotten that right because damn uh do you know what he won his emmy for he received a grammy for best spoken word for great american documents in 1977 yeah uh his emmy is for uh two primetime emmy awards for i don't know because wikipedia hates me Come on, Wikipedia. Steve's a nice guy. You got to get to know him a little bit. Yeah, seriously. Uh, has the distinction of winning two primetime Emmys. Uh, best actor for Gabriel's Fire and best supporting oh. actor for Heatwave. Oh, Heatwave. Okay. Cool. I've never seen either of those. I feel like I just. I know so much weird stuff about like uh, movie trivia. That's and stuff. why I figured I, I'd throw that to you because so so <laughs> I feel like I would have heard if he had won an Oscar. Yeah, I would yeah. be like, yeah, he won for whatever you know, Field of Dreams <laughs> or something. Um, <laughs> he, he won an Oscar for The Sandlot. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like I don't know as much about television history, so yeah, that's why I went that way. There you go. Well, awesome. Way to go, James Earl Jones. There's our you know TMR say, trivia for the day. Yeah, non-competitive, schman schmeditive. I feel like that counts oh, as an egot. Yeah. I'd, I'd give it to him. You know, yeah. uh, you know what's up next? News about someone who potentially could get an egot. Yeah, someone who has uh, got the talent behind him to someday get an egot if he wants one. I don't know about the Tony, but that's that's going to be your that's going to be your tough one. That's why I said if he wants one, I feel yeah. like he would have to <laughs> branch out and do some other stuff. But he's pretty solid on the first three yeah <laughs> though i gotta say um star wars fans you may remember a few weeks ago when we heard 
that Donald Glover and his brother Stephen Glover were writing the Lando series for Disney+. Plus. The original uh, showrunner had stepped away, and pre-strike, apparently, the Glover brothers had signed on to write the Lando series. This is big news because Donald Glover obviously portrayed Lando Calrissian in the Solo, A Star Wars Story film that I like quite a bit. He received um, a lot of praise for his portrayal of that character. And uh, I was very excited when they were uh, going to write the series. But now, guess what? They're not writing the series. They're writing the movie. Stephen Glover on the Pablo Torre Finds Out podcast said the following when asked about it. He said, it's not even a show. The idea right now is to do a movie. Right now, because the strike, it's kind of like telephone, all the information. But that's the idea. So this looks like it's changing from a Disney Plus show into a movie. And I can see this because I feel like Donald Glover is the type of person that he, I think he can carry a movie. He's not like an A-lister, but he's talented enough to carry a movie. Him plus the character of Lando, I think, could do it. Yeah. Um, and I feel like he's the kind of guy that would rather, if he's going to spend his time doing something, he's going to spend his time making a big budget Hollywood film rather than a much green screened or volume Disney plus series that looks smaller. You know what I mean? He like, if he's going to do something, he's going to do something that is bigger. Yeah. And with the Disney plus shows, you run the risk of something like, um, you know, Obi-Wan or Boba Fett, which somehow sometimes felt and looked a little smaller than something that's on a grand scale, like the last Jedi or something like that, that you can make some kind of sprawling, uh, you know, really go to town with cinematography and all that kind of stuff. So this makes sense to me from what I understand about Donald Glover and his, um, art and his aesthetic. Um, Steve, what do you think of this? Would you rather have this been a series? Or would you rather be a movie or you just, taking it either way i don't care as long as they make it work yeah and that's, I know that was gonna be your answer yeah, yeah it's like some things work better as a series some things don't don't try and push it into one or the other like yeah write the story and figure out where it works best yeah i agree and i mean we do know like from past being precedent we know donald and stephen glover can 100 percent write a tv series if they want to because atlanta was amazing yeah. Uh, right is i don't know if it's still ongoing i i don't think that it is i haven't yeah i think it finished after four was it three or four seasons yeah i saw one and two um but uh then i didn't have fx or hulu or whatever it was on so right you know that happens but uh but they 100 percent can carry writing a series absolutely if they if with the story they want to tell works better as a movie 100 percent move that way like there's no there's nothing and it's what we've been pining on for years. There's nothing that says this needs to be a movie. This needs to be right. a TV show. Like, write a good story and then figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think it um, it plays into... Um, I feel like it's a good sign, I guess, that they're making it a movie. But when you think about things that we've heard Bob Iger say about we're not going to spend the money unless it's really good. Yeah. Um, we're only going to spend money on quality. We don't want to dilute the brand. He referenced Marvel shows diluting the brand. So if he's bumping this up to a movie, maybe he thinks it's 
worthy of a movie, worthy of spending hundreds of millions of dollars on. Right. Um, and uh, and it shows that Kathleen Kennedy is also as the president of Lucasfilm is also behind it um, in a way that she thinks it's worthy of making a movie. And it also kind of speaks to how a lot of streaming services seem like they're maybe slowing down on pumping out, you know, content that costs millions of hundreds of million dollars to make um, that they can make more return on their investment if they do release it as a film and get money back for it instead of just hoping that more people sign up right. for their service. So um, clearly Steven Glover can't talk anymore about it because of the strike. Um, but I'd be very interested to hear more about it. I, I've, I, you and I have said this before, but I think when the strike is over, we're going to get like, we'll be doing five episodes. Yeah. We'll be doing yeah. five episodes. It'll be a nightly episode for <laughs> the first two weeks. Yeah. Or something. I mean, I think specifically we will get a flood of announcements out of James Gunn. Oh, hundred percent. Um, DC stuff, but definitely more assume, information on this. Yeah, I would assume like DC and then Star Wars will just be like, here's all the things we couldn't talk about. Enjoy, right? Because I mean, right cause... going in, we heard so much about Star Wars and so much about DC, like right leading up to the strike, and then yeah, nothing. Right. I mean, they announced those three Star Wars films at Celebration. Yep. And now they're announcing they're saying that this one's going to be a film as well. So that's four. We haven't heard anything about those first three because some of them were were in very early stages yep. of development um and uh you know actually you know what maybe we won't because like james mangold had just started writing his dawn of the jedi movie then he had to stop writing it <laughs> for all this time so it's not like they can really announce anything about that you know right. because there's not much else happening now did did we ever hear what we had heard that Sean Levy was doing one, but did we ever hear what it was? No, we never have. Okay. But uh, it's a pretty good segue in general. This topic of conversation is a good segue into our next star Wars um, uh, story. I was trying not to say story because that's what they called those two <laughs> movies, but it's just the only word that came out of my head. Uh, this is a report. It's unconfirmed. Uh, but, Steve, you and I mentioned the three movies they announced at uh, Star Wars Celebration. What movie was not announced at Star Wars Celebration was one that we'd heard about for a very long time, which was a movie that was going to be written and directed by Taika Waititi, writer-director of Thor Ragnarok, Thor Love and Thunder, Jojo Rabbit. Uh, Our Flag Means Death. Other... Our Flag Means Death, yep. What um, was the... From Under the Shadows I... or something? For the life of me, I can't remember the name of that vampire yeah. movie. Something with shadows. Something about it. shadows. It was yep. good, but something about shadows. I didn't see the show. I only saw the movie, and the movie Same. was really great. Yeah. Um, what we do in the shadows. There we go. What we do in the shadows. Yes. Don't know where that also, came out of my um, brain, but we got it. Hunt for the Wilder People. I think is. Oh, that was good too. Films? Yeah. Um. Anyway, it's being reported that the Taika Waititi Star Wars movie is dead. This is uh, coming from a site called World of Real. Which is a, you know, it's not a Hollywood Reporter or Variety level, but I've I've read stuff on it before. It's not a bad site. Uh, there's no reason being given for this cancellation, although 
we barely heard anything about it since it was even announced. And every time that he's asked about it, he kind of gives a non-answer or I'm working on it. It's hard to write, you know, make some kind of joke about it. I'm doing this, this, and then I'll shift to it or whatever. Yeah. And then I think Kathleen Kennedy at Celebration in April mentioned like he's writing away and it's not necessarily the next thing that's going to happen, but we'll get to it someday. Kind of, again, kind of like a non-answer. Yep. Um, well, a few weeks ago, uh, Taika Waititi was presenting an award to Sean Levy. Um, and as you just mentioned, Sean Levy is somebody who was announced to be working on a Star Wars film. We don't know anything about it. Um, and in that, in the speech that Taika Waititi was giving to present this award to Sean Levy, he said, uh, he mentioned that Sean Levy was directing Deadpool 3 currently, and then mentioned how after Deadpool 3, he'll be moving on to Star Wars. And he followed that reference. He mentioned the moving to Star Wars and then followed that up with, quote, unlike me, let's hope he manages to finish a script for that. <laughs> so maybe we should have seen this coming. And, uh... Maybe it's just that he couldn't really crack a story. Maybe it's that Kathleen Kennedy didn't like the story that he was coming up with. We've certainly seen that before. So, well, if this is if it's just that, like if it's just that quote, that doesn't necessarily mean it's dead. It's just he hasn't finished a script. Yeah. So it could just still be in development hell, which I mean, hell, whatever. But either way, we're not seeing it anytime soon. I know. I don't even call it development hell if it hasn't really started active development <laughs> like there's Point. not even like a story yeah. you know what i mean but script, like script writing hell yeah but it could be that like i'm sure kathleen kennedy knows what his script was at least about she knows the concept yeah and if it's taken this long and now they're moving in this other direction where they're doing dawn of the jedi and um new jedi order stuff like mm-hmm. it could just be not something that they want to focus on right now so maybe that's why he's like you know what i'm not really crushing this and you seem like you're less interested in it now so i'll just walk away i guess we'll see it hasn't been confirmed yet but i also feel like kathleen kennedy doesn't like confirming when anything is dead like you know they still haven't completely said that rogue squadron is not happening they haven't completely said that ryan johnson's trilogy isn't going to happen you know they're like well maybe someday if we want to do it we'll do it but Combining these two stories, Steve, how likely do you think that the Donald Glover, Stephen Glover, Lando movie will actually happen? Because uh, this Taika Waititi movie, if this is true, is now one in a very long of announced Star Wars films or directors that have been removed from Star Wars projects. Directors or writers, creators of some kind. Yeah. Um. I almost want to say because it's Donald Glover attached to it, who is playing Lando himself. Yeah. That there's a little more smoke and fire going on there. I agree. Uh, you know, they, they still haven't said hide nor hair of the Ryan Johnson trilogy and that hasn't been uh, officially canned, but that's the only yeah, close has. thing that is like someone who was already tied to star Wars to a right. star war. Um, so, with it being Lando writing Lando, you know, maybe there's a little bit more gravitas to it. One would hope. I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, I was thinking about this today, and, and I, I do agree with you that I think it's likely that it'll happen. Um, 
But I don't think any of those movies that they announced, like they announced a celebration, are like officially green lit. I think they're all just like being developed. So any of them could go away at any time. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. James Mangold's like, oh, I'm that's reshifting. I'm just going to focus on Swamp Thing for a while. And he's like, oh, well, we know what that means. Right. You know, that kind of thing. So I guess we shall see what happens. But it's looking like Taika Waititi uh, is not going to be moving forward with a Star Wars movie anytime soon um and you know what i don't i th- i have cooled on um the idea of a taika waititi star wars film um mostly just because i thought thor love and thunder was such a big swing and a miss and um i don't know i feel like i've seen some stuff uh from him or read some quotes from him that i'm just like what i don't know like yeah. he seems I'm souring on Taika Waititi well, in think, general. I think we had that conversation when it was announced that where yeah. I, I 100% came out and was like, I love Taika Waititi's work. I don't think it would work yeah. in Star Wars. Right. And, you know, if they could write it and make it work, sure. But I, I think his style would be very tough to pull off in a galaxy far, far away or galaxies yeah. now. Yeah, right. So. I mean, I haven't watched tonight's episode of Ahsoka, but you have. Well, so. you you watched last week where a giant space whale took off into hyperspace. So, well, yeah, that's true. That's There's true. A thing, there. and they went somewhere. Yeah, they went somewhere. Uh, uh anyway, spoil, wait, spoiler alert for this week. I was gonna say short spoiler no. alert for so, Ahsoka. spoiler alert for this week's Ahsoka. They oh, come out of uh, hyperspace. There oh, you go. Okay. <laughs> okay. There's your spoiler. <laughs> okay. Sorry that we may have spoiled a little bit of Ahsoka if you haven't watched it yet. <laughs> and if you couldn't figure that out from last week, you probably shouldn't be watching the show. Well, there might be people who haven't started the show yet at all, is what I'm saying. So there's you hyperspace in the show. And whales. Yeah, but the yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but that's the part that people may not know. They would have no idea um, what I'm talking about. So That's true. That's true. <laughs> um anyway, moving into some DC stuff following up from last week's episode when we saw the thirty second teaser the Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom trailer. We got the full like two and a half minute trailer yeah. for Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. And um, I threw it to you first last week, Steve. I'm going to take this. I kind of think this looks great. And when I say that, I mean, I think it looks like the first Aquaman movie, which I thought was great. And we've said a million times. Yeah. I definitely see that as a flawed movie, dialogue, bad story, formulaic. Visually, pretty spectacular. I have it's a ton of fun watching that movie. It looks fun and cool. And I think we saw this based on the teaser. This just looks like a complete extension of the style and visual landscape of the first film. And so, you're if you're giving me more of that, if you're giving me more of the thing that I loved about the first one, that's all I ever ask from a sequel, (laughs) really. Just like kind of do it in a fresh way. So, as of right now. I'm pretty uh, stoked to go uh, see Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom because I'm not expecting much from the dialogue. I'm not expecting much from the story. If those things improved at all, then it's going to be a better movie than the first one. And it's going to look also, according to this trailer, visually spectacular. Aquaman is DC's avatar. The Hmm. plot doesn't make sense most of the time. Okay. The dialogue is (laughs) shit and it looks really, really pretty. Looks really good, and I, I'll, I'm good. That's fine. Like, yeah, I, I am. I, I don't. 
if any of the Avatar movies were up for Academy Awards for anything besides cinematography and visuals, yeah, I don't know. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I'm not expecting Aquaman to be in that boat either, but no. I'm going to enjoy the hell out of it. Yeah, yeah. I sure. may not watch it more than once, like both of the Avatar films at this point, but yeah, I'm going to watch it, and it's going to be fun. Yeah, I agree. Um, there was some like cool uh, back and forth with Aquaman and Orm. Yes, um, that was that was their, a cool little dynamic. Yeah, them in the jungle, kind of like broing out a little bit, um, but not broing out. But not broing out. Uh, Steve, I have to one give you a bit of information, and then two, ask you a question. Okay. So. This movie clearly looks like Black Manta is the main villain, which I love. Uh, he's got like the black trident or something they say in yeah. the trailer, like some powerful weapon or whatever, because he's like more powerful than he was in the first movie. And they kept referencing the seven realms or seven whatever. Kingdoms or something. King- yeah. Seven kingdoms. And all I could think of was the seven realms of like, for right. North, I was like, is this is under the sea just there? Jotunheim like is Atlantis there honestly depending on the take yeah I think I think Aquaman it's a fair comparison to compare Aquaman to Thor but underwater makes sense because there's there's kingdoms there's kings and queens reluctant special and blah 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 weapons and exactly yeah people want to be king people don't want to be king yeah um uh so in this movie or sorry trailer yeah they show a baby. They show that Aquaman and Mera had a child. But they don't show Mera anywhere. They the show trailer. her real quick for one second. Okay. And I think I think it's being it's being rumored that Amber Heard role was cut down in the sequel. She the script was rewritten to give her less time because of the controversy surrounding her and the trial with Johnny Depp. Which I think is bullshit because I don't know if I want to go into it. I'm just I'm I'm on Team Amber Heard. No, Come at me, bro. Even I don't even if you're not on the same, this is the same studio that just gave Ezra Miller a full goddamn movie. Yes, great point, Steve. Like this is where you're going to draw the line. Like I don't care what side of the argument you land on. You just gave Ezra Miller a whole movie. <laughs> great point. Great point. Um, really bite my tongue to not. Say anything more, and I don't <laughs> want to derail this. Okay. Anyway, um, don't worry. We can get derailed on the next story too. <laughs> there is a yeah. We probably will. There is a. There's a. There are reasons why Black Manta is Aquaman's arch nemesis, and I'll give you two of them right now. Two of the big ones. At one point, uh, Black Manta cuts off Aquaman's hand. Probably a big deal. Seems Sometimes, like. yeah, for a while, for a while, he's got like a, a harpoon hmm. on his arm instead of oh. a hand. Pretty badass. Captain Pretty Hockey. Cool. Yeah. Another reason that Black Manta is Aquaman's arch villain is that at some point in the comic books, Black Manta murders Aquaman's infant son. Hmm. Weird. Yes. So that's the information I was going to give you. Here's my question. Do you think that they will go so far in this movie as to have Black Manta, Manta, murder a baby? Hmm. 
Uh, I don't know. DC's done some weird things in the past. <laughs> True. True. I I would hope not. But like, do you think there is a way that they could convey the fact that Black Manta has murdered this child and get away with it? You know what I mean? Like they don't have to show anything, but could they, could that happen in the movie and have people still like be on board with the movie? Be a tough sell. Now, what I could see them doing is showing what we saw as a flashback and maybe the kid being older and yes, he, you know, you know, well, I don't know. Cause you can tell from how Jesus, the whole thing's weird. It is. That's, that's really weird, man. I, I feel know. like it's more, I think it's more likely that they would have black man to like kidnap the baby. Yeah. And Aquaman's got to get him back. I think Maybe instead of killing the baby, Black Manta will kill Nicole Kidman and uh, Aquaman's dad, Tamara Morrison. I feel okay. like he will kill his family and maybe take the child. Right, and we've seen the lighthouse burning, or his family house burning. Yes, so. yes, that's what makes me think that. Now, yeah. yeah if they have him kill a baby, that would be... That'd be a step... Wild. That, yeah, that'd be a bit... Wild. Bit of a step too far. Yeah. That would be a hard pill to swallow, I think, for a lot of audience members. Yep. But we'll see what happens this Christmas. <laughs> Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Yeah. Buy those tickets. Watch a baby get killed, maybe? I don't know. Ew. Well, Ooh. and then, I mean, through the whole thing, Ocean Master is, like, buddy-buddy with him. Is that historically accurate, like, before some turn? Like, I know Ocean Master is oh, a big I don't... villain. Yeah, I don't really, I don't know. I don't think I've read to know. Like, I haven't even read those issues I just said that I I just know that Black Man right. has done that. I've, like, seen panels of his getting his hand cut off and stuff. Yeah, like, um, when I hear Ocean Master, so, I think of Aquaman villain, not Aquaman's best sure, friend, brother. Sure, I know, like and I, I the think movie. they're, yeah, and I think they're doing it this way as, like, a twist, kind of give us something new, have to force them to work together. Which, you know, after 80 years of comic books, I can imagine they might have had to do that at some point um, in the books. My guess is that Aquaman needs him to do something specific mm -hmm. that only he can do or something, you know, so they have to team up. But He needs to master Like I said, edge. we shall see. We shall see. Um, next story. It's one that I'm pretty excited about, I gotta say. Um, Audible. As soon as I saw it, I had to send it to you, so. Yeah. Thank you for doing that, too. I know your wheelhouse, my friend. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, Audible, who we know from uh, uh, just doing some great uh, Audible original adaptations of things like The Sandman. Marvel's Wastelanders. Um, Marvel's Wastelanders, that's right. I forgot that that was an Audible thing. And just a bunch of other cool original stuff. They have announced a new audio series called Slayers. A Buffyverse story. Yes, my friends, this is a new story set in the world of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and is focused on the character of Spike. Spike, a lot of people's favorite vampire uh, member of the cast, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Speaking of the cast, guess what? Why is this cool? Because 
the some members of the original cast of the show are returning to voice these characters, including James Marsters reprising the role of Spike, Charisma Carpenter coming back as Cordelia Chase, Anthony Stewart Head as Rupert Giles, Juliet Landau as Drusilla, Emma Caulfield Ford as Anya, Amber Benson as Tara, Danny Strong as Jonathan, and James Charles Leary as Clem. There'll also be a new character, a rookie slayer named Indira Nanali, and she'll be voiced by Layla DeLeon Hayes. So um, I know that if there's any uh, Buffy fans listening to me read these names and read about these actors returning to voice these characters in a new series, um, the series is supposed to. Pl- I read the series is taking place twenty years after the finale of Buffy. So, Buffy fans, if you're listening to me say these names and these characters, you might be thinking, "How is that possible?" Because a good good number of those characters you just read canonically are dead. Um, the uh, premise of the series is that Spike has to travel to a parallel universe in order to with uh, the rookie slayer Indira in order to protect her. And in that parallel universe, these characters are alive and uh, Cordelia Chase is uh, a slayer herself, which I think is awesome knowing the character. Um, Steve, do you know anything about Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Have you ever watched the show? Uh, here and there, like never, uh, like, I don't know. It was weird. I'd catch an episode here, an episode there. I, I know it more through pop culture than anything else. Sure. Yeah. And also realize that, like, I, I, as you were talking, I was looking up the cast from the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And then yeah, remembering how old they were when we were growing up and realizing we're old. Yeah, we sure are. Yeah. Yeah, we sure are. Um, uh, I love Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It's probably one of my favorite shows ever i also uh however recognize that it is very dated so if anyone listening is feeling like they should watch buffy the vampire slayer i highly recommend it it's very good but it is very 90s and uh it's very uh early 90s cable adjacent network uh effects and cgi so just be prepared for that but also be prepared for incredible characterizations and storytelling and just a lot of great stuff. So uh, the series premieres on Audible on October 12th. And I think I'm going to check it out because uh, Buffy is a show I haven't revisited in a while. And they did comic book extensions of uh, the main series hmm. uh, for a while. They did like it was seven seasons of the show. And then they did a run uh that was like a season eight run season nine i think they did a season 10 and 11 actually in comic book form oh wow before they rebooted it i think um and i fell off of those and you know and they kind of got too comic booky to be honest with you right. just too many characters and it just get just kept getting wilder and wilder and super powery and stuff and mm-hmm. so um i'm excited to return uh, but also get for like a new take and maybe something that's a little more scaled down right. um, with returning characters that I literally never thought that I would uh, hear again. So oh, speaking I'm, of into this. Characters, I'm into this. You know what else I did not realize? What's that? That Eliza Dushku, Pedro Pascal, and Felicia Day were all cast members at various points. 
I knew about Felicia Day and Eliza. Oh, Eliza Dusku is a, a big character. I um, did not Faith. know that. Oof. Um, and if Pedro. you know, you know. If you know, you know, <laughs> listeners. Hey. Oof. Pedro Pascal played Eddie, apparently. Whoever I, that is. I don't know that that was like a main character. Because I... He's on the IMDb I've seen this. I've seen every episode multiple times, and I don't remember a character named Eddie. So Fair I can't enough. think he was in. Certainly was not a main character. Um, John yeah, Ritter, Felicia Day for sure. Yep, John Ritter was in a couple episodes. I think he was. Uh, I think it was just in one episode where he played, um, like Buffy's mom's new boyfriend, but he turned out to be an evil robot. <laughs> wild holy hell i'm looking at the picture of pedro pascal it's mildly hilarious does he look nothing like pedro pascal i would assume he looks like pedro pascal but you would not have known it if you didn't know that this was a picture of him wow okay I'll it's have to kind of it a up. weird weird juxtaposition can't wait yeah can't wait um uh i don't know how many episodes this is or anything but uh I would love it if it was a success and then they somehow finagled Sarah Michelle Gellar to come back in a cameo or something. I know she has said a number of times that she's done playing Buffy and regardless of reboot or anything, she is not interested in it, which I think is a shame. But um, Well, depends on how much money they throw at her. Yeah, I don't know, but it's, it's also a thing where... Um, Anything that has to do with Buffy uh, throws money towards its creator, uh, one yeah. Joss Whedon, who used to be revered by nerds everywhere, outed as a monster yes. <laughs> in uh, the last uh, five, ten years. I don't know. Um, I think that was a thing that was like a long time coming, and mm-hmm. people weren't listening for a while, but... Um, so I think that might be that might be one of the reasons that she's she's not looking to uh associate herself with uh Joss Whedon anytime soon. So yeah, she's doing fine. And also that's similar like well, her husband, Freddie yeah, Prince Jr. has also said like, Yeah, I'm done with Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. But Freddie Prince Jr. has also said that he is he he's like, ah, I'm done with you know, I'm I wouldn't come back as Kanan or anything if they needed me. Like I'm I'm done, I'm retired from that character, so they, the two of them just might be at a place where they're like, we did it, it was great, and we're done. So, gotta respect that, I guess, as well. Yeah, I mean, have either of them really done a ton recently? Um, I mean, I'm sure they do stuff, but it's maybe just not high-profile stuff. I don't know. Maybe they still do voice work. Yeah, sure. like... they don't ha- I don't think they have to do anything. I think they're oh, no. just... They definitely don't. Don't have They've to been on it. Easy Street for thirty years. <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Like I, I'd assume Freddie Prince just uh, voicing Kanan was just because he wanted to do it. Because, yeah, why else would you? You, you don't need to pick up any voice work there, buddy. Yeah, and I'm very got... glad he did. <laughs> oh, me too. Me too. Um, got a very unique comic story. Yeah. for y'all tonight. It's um, a weird one. Were you following this? I think this was maybe happening while you were gone. Yeah, I kind of cut up on it at the end of, like, in the airport coming home. Yeah. All right. Well, the creator of a comic series called Fables, 
the creator of a series called Wolf Among Us. His name is Bill Willingham. Both he announced lauded. what's that? Both lauded series. Oh, for sure. Yes. Highly regarded series. Uh, he announced that uh, both of those series are now in the public domain. He's giving up his rights to uh, those series. Um, Fables is a story that began in 2002 uh, under DC's Vertigo imprint, then moved to DC's Black Label, and they got rid of Vertigo. It's about fairy tale characters living secretly under New York City. Um, uh, ongoing, still pu- being published by DC Comics. He, he released this statement citing differences of opinion, struggles with DC, saying that the people that he liked when he got hired there have all either retired or moved on or gotten fired. And he doesn't like the new people that are working, he's working with. And he said that, quote, as of now, September 15th, 2023, the comic book property called Fables, including all related Fable spinoffs and characters, is now in the public domain. What was once wholly owned by Bill Willingham is now owned by everyone for all time. Interesting that he would choose to do that. Um, however, DC Comics responded. <laughs> um, apparently, he may not have been within his rights to do that or been misunderstanding how much he um, owned these characters. And he responded with, uh, DC responded with, quote, the Fables comic books and graphic novels published by DC and storylines, characters, and elements therein are owned by DC and protected under the copyright laws of the United States throughout the world in accordance with applicable law and are not in the public domain. DC reserves all rights and will take such action as DC deems necessary or appropriate to protect its intellectual property rights. So I feel like not surprised by that at all. It seems like if you are publishing, unless your deal specifically states you're the sole owner of this intellectual property, but like if you're working with a giant corporation like Warner Brothers, or like they're not going to let you do that. No. I feel like, right? No, they're going to own a piece of that forever. Yeah, you yeah, you you can't just go running around saying I declare bankruptcy. Exactly. (laughs) Doesn't work that way. Like there's there's laws, folks. Well, I didn't say it, I declared it. Right. (laughs) Um Yeah, so this is very interesting. I think people it was a couple days between him him saying it's gonna be public domain in DC, or at least a day before DC responded. Um just responded like Nah, no, it's no, not. you're what are you what, crazy? Just, <laughs> like, um, go home, Bill. You're drunk, and also possibly, well, whatever. We're not gonna get into yeah. that, or are we? Well, no, there have been <laughs> allegations uh, that Willingham has been accused of uh, racist comments and behavior, misogynist behavior in, in the past, and things like that. So, um, I don't know if that has anything to do with him not liking the people he's working with at DC. I know DC has been very progressive in the last few years, as far as the stuff that they're putting out and the stuff that they put into their books. So, I mean, this is that speculation, but just the only other thing that I know about him is that he's kind of branded as an a-hole. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I guess I still don't understand why he would. I don't understand the benefit of releasing it. To, I think he just wanted to do it to like to try to screw DC. He mu- must have, right? That must have been it. You would think so. Like you would think that'd be the only rhyme or reason. But I, I don't even know what. Like how how or why you think this would do anything? It's literally yeah, that I episode see. of The Office. Right. Yeah. I guess I I don't really <laughs> like get no... what he was what he was going for. Yeah. But 
He went for it. Yeah. I mean, shoot your shot, yeah. but DC pretty much is like, nah. No. no, it's fine. We still own it. It's okay. You can say whatever you want. But... You can say it. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, that's weird. Like, I can't think. I can't even think of like a comparison. Really? No. Like, it's not really like, anything. If, if like George Lucas came out today and was like, "Yeah, Star Wars in the public domain now," Disney would be like, "No, it's not. Yeah. We own that. Right. You created it, but what? We own. We it. paid you four billion dollars for that. It's fine." <laughs> yeah. It just seems crazy that he must have just thought that it was going to just be a huge fuck you to DC, but it didn't really seemingly didn't work out. I mean, at so, the same time, he's still making money off any of it. Like, yeah, no press is bad press. Like you come yeah. out and say this and then people are like, oh, yeah, fables. Forgot about that. But you got to know that I, I feel like you got to feel like now that fables is going to get canceled pretty soon. I would yeah, think you would think that that's not, uh, you know, but does he assume he can just pick it up as an indie somewhere or no because dc not, if, still D- own not it. if dc yeah. owns it they can cancel it and just hold it so yeah okay. i feel like he should have waited till the end of his contract or something and then yeah, been like no a, i'm not gonna re-up i'm taking this yeah. taking my ball and going home might not have then this give one it fully the domain may not have thought of this one fully through may not have may not have um Steve, do you have a comic to review this week? I know you're out of I town. Do. I don't know if you you do. Okay, so do I. I did a mini one on our Instagram. I had to post some uh, Instagram content about how excited I was about my book. So mm. I'll maybe go a little bit more in Ooh, depth. You got a nice variant um, cover too. I do have a great variant cover. Here, my I'll I guess I'll go first while we're already talking about it. I I got if you saw us on Instagram, you know I reviewed new Wonder Woman number one, written by Tom King. Drawn by Daniel Semper and uh, colors by Tom. Growing up, his I'm forgetting his name off the top of my head. Uh, ba 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 Tomeo Mori, uh, Clayton Calza's letterer. This is the cover is from uh, Stanley Art Gem Lau. Great cover. This book is excellent. It's excellent. Um, as I said in my. Instagram post, I was trying to describe the book and hype it without giving anything away. Mm-hmm. Um, spoiling anything. So I will give a general plot description. Uh, it starts off in a bar. There is a nameless Amazon character playing pool. An altercation breaks out. And the Amazon takes care of the uh, altercation by slamming the guy's head into a pool table. As one does. Bad acid, bad acidly. Uh, and then goes on to, spoiler, murder everybody else in the bar. Hmm. Um, all the men in the bar, I should say. So, it's not this causes... It's not of her. It's not. It's not at all. This causes an international incident between the United States and Themyscira. And the United States uh, demands that all Amazons leave the country. Some of them don't want to go. Some of them are forced to go. Some of them uh, retaliate and may not go so good for those that retaliate. And uh, one woman is left to kind of find her place in this and figure out what she's going to do. Is she going to go? Is she going to stay? Um, And it just, it really kind of, puts her in a very difficult place 
a morally gray area, which I feel like you don't see for Wonder Woman too often. Not mm-hmm. like this anyway. Um, where she wants to find the woman that did it and figure out why. She doesn't know why she did it. Um, but the U.S. government is standing in her way and uh, trying to get her to leave. So um, she's almost like a fugitive. Like the first chapter of this is called Outlaw. Um, and it's really, really good. It, it feels like a Tom King book. It feels it has the same kind of Tom King intensity um, that you expect from his um, from his shorter series. This is a, this is the ongoing Wonder Woman. So, you know, I we've seen him falter an ongoing Batman run in the past, yeah. in my opinion, falter a little bit. Um, so we'll see how much how he can keep if he can keep that up. If he can, this is going to be just an all-time Wonder Woman run. The art uh, is incredible. Uh, holding up nice. another splash page of Diana, deflecting a bullet there. Um, uh, Semper and Mori are uh, crushing it. Art is wonderful. Um, and I honestly, I said this in the Instagram post, but I can't recommend it enough for people that are fans of Wonder Woman or fans of DC comics in general. Um or fans of Tom King. Uh, it's this based on one issue seems like it's going to be another banger from him. Um, at least this first arc. And I can't imagine. Like, I, I have no idea what's going to happen <laughs> based on what happened to this issue. I just don't know. Uh, there's also kind of a reveal at the very end. Um, someone that might be a villain in the book where that's going to go. Um, just can't recommend it enough. Technically, it came out today, but I know a lot of comic, like DC Comics, technically released on Tuesdays. Not all comics shops actually put them out on Tuesdays because it's easier to just put everything out on Wednesdays because everything else comes out on Wednesdays. So, for all intents and purposes, this comes out tomorrow. Um, I got my advanced copy at Funky Town Comics and Vinyl. I'm sure you can all uh, pick yours up there too if you haven't already put it on your pull list. Um, I might put this on my pull list because I want to know what happens yes. next. I will if I don't, I'll at least try to pick up issue two because I want to know. Um, it's that good. good, and this is coming from someone that's trying to buy less, uh, less of the single issue floppies, and wait for uh, wait for collected editions. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that with Tom King and Daniel Sampere's Wonder Woman. It's great, great. You had me highly recommend Tom King. So yeah, yeah. There you go. So what do you got, buddy? I'm continuing my sojourn, uh, kicking and screaming by you and uh, our good friend Jesse over to Funky Town Comics, down yeah. the DC rabbit hole. Oh, okay. I, it's not what I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to say uh, that you're just slogging through this X-Men stuff. Oh, no. The X-Men stuff's been nice and solid. Like, everything I've read so far for Fall of X has been good, which I've been pleasantly surprised okay. with. Uh, I was also okay. pleasantly surprised with Blue Beetle number one. Oh, Nice. I have never read a Blue Beetle book uh, in any way, shape, yeah. or form. But the Dawn of DC Blue Beetle number one, uh, written by by Josh Trujillo, Adrian Gonzalez or Adrian Gutierrez on the pencils, uh, colors by Will Quintana, and letters by Lucas Catoni. Um, first installment of the Blue Beetle Scarab War. Oh, so that's right. This is, I guess. They're in a new city, Palmera City. Um, I think that's the city. That's the city was in the movie was called Palmera City. I believe. Okay. So maybe that's so maybe kind of a in tie-in. the comics they're moving to that. Uh, yeah. But Jaime and 
Ted and two other Beatles, uh, oh. Dynasties, Dynastis, and Natita are hmm. present and accounted for. Um, so effectively, he's leading a team of Beatles. That's cool. Uh, there's a big bad that shows up that I have no idea who or what he is, but he looks like about that. Oh, wow. I don't recognize that um, on site either. Interesting. And he's coming after Ted. Ted? Okay. So Ted is training. Ted, without any scarab powers, is training Jaime. Oh, okay, cool. And is kind of his mentor. And this guy is coming after Ted. uh, And as you can imagine, it does not end well for Ted. Mm. Um, Yeah. Which will, I'd assume, catalyze this new Beetle team to go after other bad guy that looks like a Beetle hmm. uh, in some way or shape or form. But uh, kind of, I don't know, the the team dynamic kind of gave me like Claremonty vibes almost. Like uh, oh, cool. leader, like re- reluctant leader doesn't quite know what he's doing. You know, uh, a little like early Cyclopsy type you know, we're going to do this thing, but I don't know, but maybe right. it's going to work and hopefully it does. Right. And, uh, mm. yeah, I don't know. It, it was a, it was a good read. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was awesome. I don't know if I'd pick up number two, but that's more of okay. a me having too much crap on my pull list. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So right now, yeah. any of these reviews that are coming up for the next, uh, through October and November, um, if I don't recommend I'm picking up number two, it's not a slight on the comic. It is strictly a, I can only have so many comics coming into the house at one go and fall of X is happening. So I'm at the mercy of, uh, yeah. the, the X team. You're at the mercy of the X team and your own mental health. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which weirdly I am outside of last week's poll because I was gone all weekend. I am up to date on everything that isn't in trade in the house. Oh wow. Somehow. Nice. Trades nice. that's its own animal. But Yeah, same. I read I'm not completely up to date on my single issues. I did catch up on Batman, the Batman Catwoman Gotham War thing. Mm-hmm. Um and I know I read something else, but now I'm blanking on what it was. Still have to read the uh, fifth issue of Peacemaker Tries Hard. I'm very excited to read. Um, well, cool. Two positive uh, comic book reviews this week. Uh, what else is coming out in DC. your? We, so we've had from DC, we've had yeah. a good number of this, like these Dawn of DC launches between Green Lantern and Wonder Woman, and this, and I can't remember um, what else. Unstoppable Doom Patrol was yep. really good. Unstoppable Doom Patrol um, was. The what I've read of the new Superman run was really good. Um, yeah, like for they, sure. Uh, they might be cooking on all cylinders here. Yeah, and now they're coming back because, as you'll see, I'm about to read what's coming out this week. There's a lot of DC stuff that was on pause because of the whole Night Terrors thing. Right. Um, you know, I haven't read a new issue of Nightwing, of the main story, in a while, or um, you know, uh, Superman or anybody like that because it's all just been Night Terrors, Night Terrors, Night Terrors for like two months. So, yep. finally getting back into some uh, regular stuff from DC. 
um, and all comic book companies, including the following books. Amazing Spider-Man 34 comes out this week. Also, Batman Superman World's Finest, number 19. Batman White Knight Presents Generation Joker, number 5. I think that's the penultimate issue of that run. Got Big Game, number 3. Captain America, number 1. New number 1 for that character. I was about to say Steve, but I don't know if it's Steve. Could be... Yeah, I'm not sure if it's Steve or Sam. Pass with you. Don't know, actually. I'd assume at this point, probably Sam. I would think so, too, but I thought they were bringing them both back. Are they just going to both be Captain America, like Peter and Miles? Or both Spider-Man? Oh, no, it's Steve. Uh, it is Steve. Okay. Yep. Oh, it's Straczynski taking a run at it. That's what it is. Oh, okay. that's right. Yeah, I think cool. it looks like it's a bit of a throwback. Nice. Um, speaking of the uh, Gotham War, we got Catwoman 57, Cyborg number three, Deadpool, Batter Blood number four, Green Lantern War Journal number one. I was interested to see the subtitle of War Journal, having only ever seen that applied to Punisher before. Mm. But I guess I guess he's not the only one that can have a war journal. Why can't Green Lantern have Fair. Why not? Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, number six. Harley Quinn, Black, White, and Redder, number three. Hawkgirl, number three. In Hell We Fight, number four. Loki, number four. Money Shot Comes Again, number four. Nightwing, number one, oh, six. You get tripped up on the Money Shot Comes Again 100%. book. It is a, I know I said it before, it's not safe for work. It is an adult book, just so you know. You couldn't um, have figured that out by the name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nightwing, 106. Predator versus Wolverine, number one this is one of those that's just kind of so far out there it kind of makes me want to see it um see what that's all about i also got saga number 66 sherlock holmes number one something is killing the children number 33 fawn number 345 star wars bounty hunters number 38 superman number six teenage mutant ninja turtles number 143 titans number three uncanny avengers number two uncanny spider-man number one Wolverine 37, the aforementioned Wonder Woman number one, and X-Men Annual number one. So much going on this week at your local comic book store. Steve, you pulling any of this? Getting excited to read any of this? What's going on well, in your comic buying brain? You were right. Uh, Predator vs. X-Men seems dumb enough that I may have to check it out. Um, yeah. like It's apparently a three-issue mini that is starts in the wilds of Canada and ends up in Madripoor and like there's all sorts of all sorts of stuff going on. I mean, I feel like Wolverine is a good character to go up against a predator. I just feel like that's a good like match. Like if you looked at like okay, we have Predator. Right. Who's a good Marvel character to fight a predator? It's Wolverine. Oh, 100%. Like, 100%. 100%. Yeah. And like Predator's got that big blade thing that can come out of his mm -hmm. arm. Perfect to go up against those claws. Which is actually the first cover. Oh, dope. <laughs> so so you're you're dead nuts on. That's what Red they, my mind, uh, they Marvel. went for. Um yeah. so uh Uncanny Spider-Man is hmm. uh, combining two of my favorite things, um Spidey and Nightcrawler. Ooh. So Nightcrawler is taking his turn as Spidey in the Uncanny Spider-Man. Wow. Yes. He's disguised as Spidey. So the wall crawler is now the web slinger. 
Do we know why he's taking over as Spider-Man? I d- well, I don't know if he's taking over taking per se, over. but like okay, he's using that as a uh, undercover cost costume type thing. Okay, is he post, going to post Hellfire Gale? That I don't okay. know. Okay, but yeah, this is all okay. kind of coming out of the Hellfire Gala where all mutants are extremely persecuted, more so than they have been in every other iteration of X Men. Um, like I, I love the analog and I love the whole thing, but it's like, guys, for the last 20, 70 years, yeah, sometimes we run over the same, same tropes again. Like we have Sentinels that are attacking the X-Men again. Okay. You know what? But two things. One, that's my jam. I love a Sentinel versus X Men thing. Like that's oh, what well, I want. These aren't the classic. These aren't classic purple Sentinels. These are. Oh, I'm sure that they're not special. Yeah. Okay. But also, racism never goes away, man. Racism. Oh no! Still yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I'm with you there. So, but I I get what you're saying. Like, um, uh, in real life, it's uh frustrating, enraging that uh, we're still dealing with the same problems. Yeah. In comic books, you don't have to be dealing with the same problems. Um, and yet, here we are. But I, I feel like that's probably part of them trying to maybe bring things. You know, every once in a while, no matter what character or series you're talking about, they'll be like, okay, we got way too far out. We're like way mm-hmm. over our skis here. We got to bring everything back to basics. So this is probably just like, yo... Let's bring things back to basics. They're persecuted. They're sentinels. You know, oh, 100%. Like, like we went through the full yeah. weird, like you had Krakoa that was a nice setup and sent things on its merry way and like this whole storyline. You had the sinister stuff that got a little too weird. You have Fall of X that's bringing it back in and then they'll launch again with something new. Uh, yeah. But it's like, I don't know. There were a couple of, couple of beats that were a little too, uh, seemed a little too trodden mm-hmm. like i 100 percent want to keep the analog going and keep the the conversation sure. keep it in the cultural zeitgeist and keep the conversation going but yeah. also we can find new ways to do it <laughs> agreed agreed and that much uh, it may just be i read too many x books also yeah i mean somebody any any every x-men book is somebody's first x-men book yep so if they're you're giving them a taste of something that you've read 20 times Still going to work for that person. They're going to buy the second one. So, mm-hmm. you know. Well, cool. I so, uh, no one shots tonight. I don't think I have anything else. You just made a funny look, though. Did you notice something else about something? I keep forgetting Saga's back. But like not yeah. back. But like not consistently back. It's weird. it's not consistent. I know. I thought that when I wrote it on the list tonight that I yeah. was like, I feel like I haven't seen Saga on here in a while. And it's coming out. But I don't know. It's just... That's a lot. Oh, it's a lot they're doing. So they'll take their time. But you also, also took like five years off. So right, you'd think you'd, maybe you'd have a backlog. What's going on? Yeah, crank these things out. Speaking please. of backlog, all this stuff we're talking about X Men, I've got four books sitting over here that'll probably change the whole thing. And I'm just like, oh, okay, everything I was thinking was not right, and we're back. Oh yeah, you're commenting on one thing that happened two months ago, right? <laughs> or something. Yeah. I'm like, oh well, let's get through that pile of X books and see what happens. Yep. Yep. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. Comic wise, uh, I read that um, the well, the twelfth issue of Batman Scooby Doo Mysteries came out last week. But um, I read that next year, yep, Batman Beyond. 
next year, it's coming back as an ongoing. <laughs> yeah, zoinks. Yeah. Um, so that'll be fun for uh, both our sons. Oh, absolutely. Also, uh, you need to see that cover. Whoa, dope. Hulk versus man thing. Yeah. That is cool. That's cool. I have no idea how it goes yet, but uh, this yeah. this Incredible Hulk has been uh, a great pull. Um, I also believe, talking to Jesse last week, that that is now one of their top two or three pulls. So Incredible Hulk, wow. Yeah. He's making oh, cool. a, don't call it a comeback. He's been here mm-hmm. since 19, God knows when. Been here for years, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. So Cool. Um, I think that's all I got. Only other nerdy thing I'll throw in real quick that um, I'm catching up on season four of Harley Quinn, and it is goddamn hilarious. Nice. Like it always is. And I'm, it's making me mad that I wasn't able to watch it now, although I am uh, finally digging it. It's, oh, man, it's so funny. So funny what they get away with on that show. It's shocking to me sometimes what DC and Warner Brothers allows them to do with their, like, A-list characters. Right. <laughs> great so funny so funny oh also uh, i just read that doom patrol uh second half of doom patrol season four is finally coming out next month sometime they didn't uh give a date but uh, they gave a month i finally. just figured that was gone no dude part one of season four came out in january yeah that's what i'm saying i, I thought they just yeah, weren't gonna release it nope nope finally coming out october i don't know why they waited so long hmm. but finally finally great show i'm gonna miss that show for sure well, you know what you won't have to wait too long for? What's that? To hear Us our voices again. again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because within 24 hours, you'll get another episode uh, based on episode six of Ahsoka, which right. Mike will see tomorrow and we will comment on after. That's right. Can't wait to yep. watch it. You uh, seem to have loved it. It was so. so. Yeah. All right. Um, All right. Very. Can't wait. Very different pace from last week, but also okay. good. I'm totally okay with that. Yeah. Totally okay with that. So, um, yeah. I think, you know what else I'd be okay with? What's that? Somebody leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. yeah. I, I would be okay with reading what they write in that five-star review 100%. on the pod. 100%. Yeah. You uh, know what? It doesn't even have to be, like, just give us a five-star review, but you can write whatever you want. You can just read it. Leave us, like, a recipe for your favorite dinner or something or yeah. ask like a question or just write something really insane that you want to hear me or Steve say, and we'll say it Yeah, like you could you literally know. write out the lyrics to chocolate salty balls by chef from South park. I'll read them. I'll read that recipe. Yeah. We'll read them right live on uh, YouTube on the pod. Yeah. And you can listen to it. So yeah. there's some incentive. There you go. I guess. <laughs> I don't know if anybody wants to hear that, but if you do, feel free to leave us a comment on uh, (laughs) on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Review, subscribe, like, let us know uh, what what you like, what you don't like. Check us out on the socials, the Multiverse Report, Multiverse Report on Blue Sky. Uh, Beyond that, uh, I think that's that's where we're at, Mike. Yeah, like us, follow us on Instagram, Facebook. all that stuff. And we'll be back tomorrow uh, with our Ahsoka episode six recap. And until then, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the multiverse. <laughs>